0: This is your host, Victoria, and in today's episode, we're doing a little mid-year check-in. I'm gonna be sharing what are the three biggest challenges I've noticed with my clients over the past six months, explain to you what you can do if you are dealing with similar challenges, and ending with a little reflection, which will hopefully help you set yourself up for the coming six months. As usual, I would love to know where in the world you are as you listen to this episode, so take a quick picture of where you're at right now and tag me on Instagram at Victoria Sardane. I would love to see enjoy welcome to the victoria sardine podcast where you'll discover actionable tools tips and tricks as well as inspiring conversations to support you to change your own reality we all have immense personal power within us we all have the ability to be the person we look up to the most and take charge of our lives and our future Sometimes we just need a little insight, a little change of perspective, and a friendly nudge to take the step. Are you ready? Hey guys, today we are doing something a little bit different for this podcast episode. It is the middle of the year. We are smack dab right in the middle of June, which means that six months have passed since we started 2021 and we have six months left, which if you're anything like me, seems hardly believable at this point. It feels like it's gone by so fast, but when it feels like time is going by so fast, when it feels like time is escaping us, one of the best things we can do to really actually slow down time is take time to stop and to really reflect over what the past six months has brought us and think forward and to what the next six months will bring us as well. So I thought with this podcast episode, I'll do a little mid-year check-in sharing, first of all, what are the three biggest challenges I've noticed with my clients over the past six months and explain a little bit about why these are challenges and what these clients needed to do or what you might need to do in order to move on from these challenges. Then I'll give a little bit more detail in terms of an update on my front, something that i put together, which will help you deal with similar challenges and ending with a little reflection to help you reflect over the past six months and project forward in the next half year. All right, let's get straight into it. Three biggest challenges I've noticed with my clients this year, starting with number one, which is finding a balance between need to do's and want to do's. And The classic saying goes it's finding work-life balance right however i don't quite like this term because what is work work is what we're paid to do essentially right it tends to be our job however there's lots of activities that feel like work that are actually part of our personal life. So that would be things around like admin or cleaning or laundry. And these are chores. These are things we don't want to do, but we need to do. And we don't necessarily need to do them for quote unquote work. We need to do them for ourselves, for our personal lives. However, it still feels like a need to do. And so that's what I mean. It's more of a balance between need to do's and want to do's. Why is this a challenge? Well, what I've really noticed in my clients is that a lot of the time this challenge will come up when they start getting really frustrated about the fact that they're maybe procrastinating on something they need to do. Maybe it's paperwork, maybe it's admin, maybe it's really small itty bitty tasks that are taking space in their mind. They're essentially pushing them away. They're procrastinating on them and therefore they see the problem procrastination. So a lot of my clients come to me saying, Victoria. I'm a procrastinator, or I procrastinate, that is my challenge. And what I'm gonna explain to you now is how procrastination isn't actually the challenge, procrastination is the consequence. Another way in which this challenge can come to light is when my clients cannot stick to a routine. So maybe they have a specific routine they wanna pick up, they wanna be going to bed earlier, they wanna be waking up earlier, they wanna be doing more exercise, they wanna be having a better life hygiene, essentially a routine that they want to do But for some reason, they just can't stick to it. So what is the really big link that brings both these together that explains why this is a challenge that so many of my clients struggle with? And I'm sure whoever's listening to this, you can resonate with this as well. Well, it's because we have this inner rebel that kicks in. We have an inner rebel that says, you know what? No, I've had a full day of work. It's been hard, I've been busy. I have not been able to have a single second to myself, so no, this evening I will not be doing my taxes. Or no, this evening I will not be putting together papers for my medical insurance. Or no, this evening I will not be going to bed at 10 p.m. in order to wake up early. It's this inner rebel that says, no. I've had enough, I've done enough, this is my time and why does that inner rebel kick in because a lot of my clients actually see this inner rebel see this kind of self-sabotaging behavior as something really negative something they need to suppress they need to push that rebel out they need to give it a kick in the butt and say get out of here we are following the plan however that doesn't work because we need a certain internal balance in life the reason the rebel kicks in is because we've been living too much in the world of need to do's if your entire day is taken up by need to do's whether it be need to respond to that email need to go to that meeting need to call a family member need to deal with administration all of this then our rebel kicks in because there's not enough want to do's the rebel has not had its time to feel like it's doing what it wants of its life. It feels like we're constantly giving our life away. It feels like we're constantly giving to other people and therefore the rebel kicks in to take, right? So it's this balance between give and take. So what do we need to do in order to find something that works with us to be able to stick to the routines we wanna do, to avoid procrastinating on important tasks? Well, we need to learn how to master our balance. How can we master our balance? We need to understand our triggers, we need to understand our limits, and we actually need to catch these triggers and catch these limits before they catch us. So when we're able to take a proactive stance of mastering our balance, of knowing ourselves so intimately, so deeply, that we know when we're edging a little bit too much towards one side, then we're able to make the changes necessary in order to avoid the need for this inner rebel to kick in. So we're able to find this kind of healthier balanced state where we're just making small shifts from right to left where maybe throughout the day we're giving small moments back to ourselves, We're regaining control of our time so we don't actually need this big swing of going from extreme need to do's, extreme work, extreme giving to everybody else and then maybe in the evenings after work extreme rebel mode where we say nope i'm gonna sit here on the couch i'm gonna do online shopping i'm gonna eat whatever the hell i want because we want to go back in that other direction so that is really the solution it's learning to master your balance the second biggest challenge that I notice in my clients is actually shifting from the position of the rescuer to the position of the victim. And if you followed my little mini series on the victim triangle, which was a series of four podcast episodes on this, if you haven't, they will be linked in the show notes below. And I really recommend, especially if this point resonates with you, that you go listen to those after this. Well, my clients generally come to me when they're in the position of the victim because they feel like they're constantly sacrificing, they're constantly giving to other people, they feel like they're taken advantage of, they feel like, you know, poor me, I try so much, I do so much, and maybe they feel like they're not getting the recognition, or maybe they feel like they aren't able to do what they wanna do, and that causes a big need of frustration, and you'll notice a really big link between the first one, right? Between the first challenge, between finding the balance of the need to do's and want to do's. Well, in the second challenge, my clients are really starting in the position of the rescuer where they want to give to everybody else. They want to help everybody else. They maybe have an important task or an important activity that they want to do. But the second somebody says, oh, actually, can you help me with this? They will drop what they want and they will run in to help. So they're taking this position of the rescuer. However, after time of constantly rescuing, constantly helping, constantly sacrificing, they fall into the position of the victim where they feel victimized. And this is a big concern because of course, it's really uncomfortable to feel victimized. It feels like we don't have control over our life, right? It feels like other people are deciding for us. It feels like we aren't in the driver's seat of our own decisions and after a certain amount of time this can build up and it can actually move into the position of the persecutor which is the third position of the victim triangle where we feel anger we feel resentment and we might even start feeling some malevolence in us because we almost want revenge because we feel like we were pushed down so far so this is obviously as i described a concern right And none of these positions are a place you want to be in. You don't want to be the one who's constantly rescuing without a judgment call. So once again, I think I've mentioned this in previous podcasts, we often see judgment as something negative, right? We have this idea, judgment is bad, we should abolish judgment. Well, we make judgment calls in our life at all points in time, and we have to, because if we don't, then we are not able to discern the nuances. We're not able to say, should I step in as the rescuer here? Should I help this person? Or maybe they don't need my help. Maybe they don't want my help. Maybe it's not my place. So when somebody's in the position where they're always rescuing, then that's where it becomes a concern. That's where they can fall into the position of the victim. That's where they can fall into the position of the persecutor as well. So as I said, this is all about the drama triangle. I went into this in much more detail in the previous little mini series, which you'll find on my podcast and which will be linked in the show notes below. But how do we get out of this? Well, first of all, there's little tips and tricks when it comes to actually getting out of each specific position, which I won't go through now because I've gone through in the previous episodes. But overall, I'd say the most important is to be able to master your values to understand what it is that you value and also being able to master your beliefs. What beliefs are standing in the way? What beliefs are driving you to take these positions? When we find ourselves in a repetitive pattern, maybe you're always rescuing or maybe you're always feeling victimized. This generally is linked to either values that we have or beliefs that we have. And these values and these beliefs drive our behaviors, they drive our thoughts, they drive our actions, and ultimately cause us to stay stuck in this pattern. So that's what we really need to do with the second challenge is learn to master our values and master our beliefs. The third biggest challenge that I noticed in my clients is sweeping things under the rug. It's when something has come up, there might be an internal frustration, or there might be a frustration with somebody else, and instead of facing it, they sweep it under the rug. So they essentially avoid confrontation, they brush off negative emotions, and they constantly remind themselves, well, others have it worse. I was talking to a client the other day, and she was describing a really tough situation at work. And it was uncomfortable, it was unpleasant, it made her not excited about going into work in the morning and actually start resenting her job a little bit, but she kept telling herself, well, it's not that bad, I can't really complain, others have it worse, etc." And the truth is that yes, of course, other people might have it worse, but if we're simply brushing things off, ignoring negative emotions, ignoring the struggles we're going through and just saying, it's okay, I'm just gonna put it to the side, put a fake smile on my face and go through with it, that's not a healthy long-term solution because we know that sweeping things under the rug does not make it go away. It only makes it build up over time. So why would somebody do this? Why would they avoid confrontation, brush off negative emotions, if they know as well that these won't go away, that they will build up over time? Well, we ignore things we don't understand because everything that we don't understand is out of our comfort zone. It's scary, it's uncomfortable, so we ignore it. And it's easier to ignore things we don't understand. So when you feel a negative emotion within you, maybe you start feeling a little bit of frustration with a friend, a family member, significant other, maybe it's more with yourself, you start feeling sadness or loneliness creeping up and instead of dealing with it, instead of confronting it, instead of asking yourself the right questions, you find yourself ignoring it. Well, that also suggests a lack of trust in the self. If you don't trust yourself, then you might start living with this belief that you're out to sabotage yourself. You think that a negative emotion creeping up within you is trying to make you take a step back or is trying to stand in your way and it's something that should be pushed away. It's something that should be ignored. When we learn to trust ourselves, on the other hand, we learn that actually every emotion that we're feeling within us has a reason and is valid and is worth looking into or worth asking ourselves the questions about. So that's really the key to this biggest challenge is mastering your emotions. And when we learn to master our emotions, we learn to not let them take us over, nor suppress them. So we don't want, of course, to suppress our emotions, as I said, which is the equivalent of sweeping things under the rug, but you don't necessarily want your emotions to completely take you over, where in a moment of anger, you find yourself acting in a way that is maybe not in accordance with the kind of person that you wanna be. So that's where we master our emotions. We learn to understand them. We learn to work with them. We learn to ask ourselves the right questions. We learn to notice the nuances in how we're feeling. We learn to label our emotions, work with them in order to drive ourselves to where we actually want to be. So those are the three biggest challenges I've noticed in my clients. It's about finding this balance between the need to do and the want to do. It's about moving from this position of the rescuer to the victim, and it's about sweeping things under the rug. So as I said before, what we need to do is we need to master our balance, we need to master our values, we need to master our beliefs, and we need to master our emotions in order to be able to overcome these challenges. And so that's specifically why I created the 12-week self-mastery solution program. It's essentially to bring you from a place of self-sabotage To self-mastery it's bringing you from a place where it feels like life is happening to you to getting back in the driver's seat where you feel like you're regaining charge of your life and ultimately to take you from a place where you feel frustrated with yourself to feeling in peace with yourself and during these 12 weeks every single week is focused on one specific topic. So you have a week focused only on master your balance. You have a week focused only on master your values. You have a week focused only on master your relationships, et cetera, where we can really dig deep and fully understand what is needed and what we can do in order to master all these areas of our life and ultimately lead ourselves to self-mastery. So it's a really holistic program That's something that fully characterizes my approach to everything when it comes to coaching. It is a holistic 360 degree view on all these areas and components of life because for example, when we learn to master our values, that has an impact not only on our personal life, but has an impact on the balance we find in our life, it has an impact on the relationships we have, it has an impact on our emotions, etc. So everything leads into each other, everything is connected and that's really the goal with this 12 week group coaching program. I have a new intake with a small cohort of people starting in July. So if you are interested and you wanna know more, send me a message on Instagram saying, Victoria, tell me more and I'll give you all the details. However, I thought I would also use this podcast episode to announce that I will actually be taking new cohorts throughout the year as well. So if you want to know more, maybe July isn't the right time for you then still send me a message, and I have an early bird list to all those who will find out every time a new cohort, a new intake launches. And if you wanna be the first to know, then you can send me a message and I will add you to that list as well. So I wanted to end this episode with a little reflection. As I said, if it feels like time is escaping you, if it feels like time is just running under your feet and you can hardly catch up with it, Well, first of all, actually in the self-mastery solution, we have a whole week focused on how to master your time. So that's the first thing. (laughs) But the second thing is also something that really helps is really taking the time to stop, to pause, to reflect over the past few months, and to plan for the next. So what I have for you now are just three really small reflection questions. So what I recommend is when you're done this podcast episode, put your phone away, maybe close your eyes, and ask yourself these reflection questions and let them brew a little bit in your mind. So the first reflection question is what has challenged you the most this year? What was it? You can think of a specific instance perhaps. You can think of a recurring pattern that has been challenging for you. Ask yourself, what has been the biggest challenge for you over the past six months? The next question is what has been the most important lesson that you have learned over the past six months maybe it's related to the challenge maybe the challenge taught you a lesson or maybe it's something completely unrelated what is the most important lesson that you have learned over the past six months and the last question is what intention what mantra What mindset do you want to keep in mind for the next half year? What is something that you really want to hold on to and remember and anchor in and keep with you for the next half year all the way until December? So those are just three short reflection questions. I actually have a free ebook on doing your mid-year check-in, which asks a lot more questions and really guides you through the process of doing this little check-in with yourself. I'll put the link in the description below so you can always download that ebook if you wanna take this a step further, and I recommend you do. In any case, I hope that that was useful. I hope that that was interesting. I would love to hear your feedback on this episode, specifically which was your biggest challenge of the year. So please send me a message and let me know. In the meantime, guys, I'll see you next week for a brand new episode.